0: Welcome to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, the place to get up-to-the-minute information for cutting-edge learning design. Today we have with us Commander Peter Pollock. He currently serves as a bank compliance uh, business strategy and planning manager at USAA, where he oversees third-party contracts and staffing since retiring from the United States Air Force. Commander Pollock has a background in education and strategic leadership and coincidentally grew up in Australia. Welcome, Peter.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Doc. Appreciate that.
2: And, and Peter, in talking with you, it's interesting because... You've got two perspectives. On the one hand, you've attended a lot of virtual learning and, and been in that position. But by the same token, you've delivered a lot of virtual learning. But, but, but let's talk first about your experience as a learner in the virtual classroom. And over the last 12 months, I, I know you have sat in on, on many virtual learning events. What's been your kind of experience? What have you liked about the virtual learning experience? And what have you maybe not liked so much about the virtual learning experience?
1: Right, thanks, Graham. Um, uh, so the first thing, what I like about virtual learning experience is, uh, is the interaction uh, that you can actually see, see, see people on video. Um, I, I do like uh, when, they, when the teacher engages you uh, and actually makes you turn on the video because, you know, we'll talk about it later. My experience is delivering virtual, but yeah, when you turn on the video, it's a much different dynamic uh, than it is if you're just sitting there and you're staring at a blank screen and you're just listening to someone drone on and on and on uh, or PowerPoint, PowerPoint slides, uh, death by PowerPoint, right? So uh, absolutely engagement has been key. Uh, the ones that, I've in, that that I've enjoyed the ones that I haven't enjoyed, absolutely, just what I said, they show the slide, they read off the slide, and then there's no interaction, and you know, there's no videos on, and people could be sitting there and do Lord knows what, and uh, there's, there's just no learning value to that. But uh, video on and interaction is absolutely other uh, classes that I've enjoyed, Graham.
2: And you use the word engagement there, Peter. And so I think, you know, when we manage to engage learners in virtual learning, clearly that's a good thing. Apart from the video, what kind of things have you seen people use to, to engage the learner, to, to pull the learner into the experience?
1: So, so that's a great question. I, let me talk about Doc. Doc. I sat in one of Doc's classes and uh, and she actually made us, figure out how to how to do the reactions. And you could see all of us on the video trying to lean in and say, okay, how do I do this? How do I press a high five or a, or a clap or something like that? Um, so she, and, and then polls, you know, Doc gave us polls and there were polls, do you agree with this? Yes or no? And um, so I think that kind of engagement uh, where, where it absolutely made you concentrate because you didn't want to be picked on. You didn't want to be called out uh, and, and not know what was going on. So you know, polls, reactions, you know, answering in the chat, stuff like that, asking questions in the chat, uh, those types of engagements, Graham.
2: Yeah, and and those really are so valuable, aren't they? Because what they're doing is what you started off by saying, it's all about engagement and Mm -hmm. how hard the facilitator has to work to Mm -hmm. get that engagement in the virtual space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would even say they have to work harder in the virtual space to get that engagement than they do in the classroom. Sure.
0: So, Peter, you've been a facilitator for many virtual workshops yourself. Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges that you faced when you're preparing to deliver those virtual training? Uh, Well,
1: you know, if I if I can go back and tell you that when I transitioned my class that I teach from the uh, uh, from the classroom to the virtual, I thought virtual was absolutely going to crash and burn. I did not think I was going to enjoy it at all. Um, I have found absolutely completely the opposite. Um, more people are able to attend, right, um, in the virtual space because you don't have to work 15 or 20 minutes to a classroom uh, when someone's holding a presentation. So they can just sign on. Um, I, I, originally, I didn't ask them to turn their videos on. I mean, I, I could say the same thing for the next 30 minutes. I didn't ask them to turn the video on and it took me two or three times before I realized and I asked people some people for some feedback, you know, I didn't know that when I was showing videos and had the computer sound on that I had to put myself on mute because they could hear myself over the computer sound. So that, that was definitely a challenge trying to trying to figure out when to mute myself and when not to mute myself. And then, uh, and then in the beginning of this, when I started talking with the mute on, you, you have to remember to turn yourself back on. So... You know, just basic challenges, but getting, to, getting through two or three of those before you realize, hey, uh, you know, I, I think everything's clicking now. And then uh, it's funny, we used to do it on Skype, but now we did it on Zoom. So that was also a transition, right? Because Skype's a little bit different from Zoom. Um, so I, you know, I, did that answer your question? I hope it, I hope it did.
0: It did. I'm it really did. interested in what you did to prepare your materials. Did uh-huh. you think different to the actual workshop itself?
1: Uh no so I did so I had to do a dry run um the materials I I wanted to make make sure the slides were were maybe a bit jazzed up so I actually asked someone to help me prepare the slides a little bit a uh, little bit more so it wasn't just bullet 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 and maybe there was some an- animation going on in there and uh so you know, I would do dry runs, test the computer audio, and stuff like that. But as, as far as preparation, it was just making sure that uh, that the slides were not boring, and I was wasn't just going slide after slide after slide. So
0: now you're a pretty outgoing person. Um, did you have any trouble with watching yourself on video? It's a new experience for a lot of facilitators.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. <laughs> so um at, at first i was i did act, absolutely continue to watch myself and say what's in the background can they see this can they see that why do i care what, what do i look like <laughs> Is, are you able to see my collared shirt do i look like i haven't shaved i mean there was there was some things that i absolutely looked that i absolutely was concerned about um they don't bother me anymore because i've done this so many times that uh i you know it, it doesn't really bother me what i more concentrate on is their reaction through the video. So I think having the three screens is kind of interesting too. Doc, uh, <laughs> trying to trying to look at all the screens. You know, they'll be on one. The my slide presentation will be on the other, and the chat will be on the other. So I'm like kind of having to uh, multitask, really multitask, um, to to try and get it done. But First couple times was, was, you know, I thrive on nonverbal feedback. So first couple times were, uh, were interesting, but I, it doesn't bother me anymore about seeing me. You get used to doc
0: Great. How do you feel about the video being on for your participants? Um, when you're in the classroom, you have a lot of like physical presence and yeah. you're quite a charismatic presenter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get disconcerted when you see people staring off into space on their videos?
1: Yeah, so, so you're right, Doc. You hit the nail on the head. I don't know how you, you chose it, but I, you, you picked it. But I'm an animated character. And so in the classroom is a lot different than sitting here. Um, but I actually have had people say, wow, you're quite am- animated on the screen. So I guess I keep myself animated on the screen. But yeah, when, when I look at someone, and that's why I ask them to turn the video on, I don't force them to turn the video on because it, it is a, a, you know, the class I teach is a volunteer class and they don't have to be there if they don't want to. So I don't want to force anything on them so that they don't have to, but if if they turn the video on and they're not paying attention, I'll, I'll, I might ask them a question to see if they are paying attention because some people are pretty sneaky, you know, they, they'll be looking off into space, but they'll be, at it's like a guy, you ask a guy what they said, right? They'll repeat exactly what you said. So it, it's like that on the video. I mean, you somebody will be staring off the space, but. So I ask them a question to try and bring them back, bring them back around. So, yeah.
0: Um, It is interesting. (laughs) I do the same thing. I use those questions to uh, create that engagement space. And then I don't have to worry whether their eyes are on me. And that's Mm. a different skill than that I had to learn uh, virtually. And it sounds like you had that same experience.
1: Yep, sure did.
0: So tell me what would be your top two or three pieces of advice for people who are faced with the developing and delivering virtual workshops?
1: So, so we've talked about it at, at nauseam uh, in this call about the interaction. You have to keep people engaged. You have to keep them. I mean, my, my class is 90 minutes long. So, and, and it's, it's chock-a-block to use a, a very Australian term. It's very packed of information. I mean, I don't, I don't stop talking for the whole time unless I'm showing a video. So you have to keep them engaged and in the video on it goes so far because if you're just looking at a name on a black screen like uh, John Smith, you have no idea what that guy is doing. The guy could be cooking lunch for all you know, he's not paying attention now. Um, the, the second piece of advice uh, I would give them is to, uh, like as we talked about, ask them to do polls, ask them to put chats. In one of your classes that I took, Doc, you actually refused to go on to to move on until every single person answered the, the poll. So there were 35 people in the in the chat in the uh, in the class. You asked, you waited for 35 people to answer the poll, which I think is great because it makes sure you're engaged and you're involved in the class. So I, I will I would say my my number one, uh, I guess that's number one and two is I I would turn the video on and I would keep them engaged, Doc. I think that's I mean as opposed to being in the classroom i I think it's uh, that that's the two most important pieces of advice i could give video on engagement
0: perfect love it thank you Mm
1: -hmm.
2: excellent well peter and i've got to say before we go any further it finally dawned on me after about 10 15 seconds the the doc you're referring to is our doc. I'm not going to call her Joanne anymore. That just sits so much more comfortably with me. Graham and the doc will be the the podcasters from this point forward. That's great. Thank you. Awesome. Um, but I think seriously, you know, none of us anticipated what happened last year with, with the shift to virtual yeah,
1: learning. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
2: and, I think in the main, we, we mostly adapted quite quickly, and, and most of us probably got better as the year went on because we mm. got more experience, uh, more practice. Um, but, but I think we're now at a point where realistically, you know, that's all we're doing, virtual learning. What, what, what's yeah. your feeling around the future of virtual workshops for, for the next 12, 18 months? What, what, what's your sense, <clears throat> Peter?
1: So, so my sense is, is virtual learning is probably going to become, it's probably gonna become more prescient than, than learning in the classroom. However, I'm not, I'm not sure from a personal standpoint, I don't actually, I, you know, people learn different ways. I'm sorry, I'm all over, all over the place in this, but people learn different ways. Um, let's take, for example, Graham, I'm gonna talk about my daughter. She's a sophomore at Texas State right now. Uh, she had to go from old classroom to all virtual learning. And I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be terrible. She's actually thriving in the in the learning environment, in, in the in the virtual environment that she's doing right now. However, part of us can't wait, like myself, can't wait to go back and interact to interact with people. Interaction I think is extremely important. And on video you can kind of do that. Um, so I think virtual learning is going to be the way forward. I actually I, I do think that I um, you know I, I also, uh, I'll tell you a little story. I I've uh, you know, when I was in the military, I had a ton of people who got their degrees virtually or uh, online ed. And I, for me, someone who spent many, many years in a physical classroom, I, I didn't think that was the best way to learn. But some of these people, after you talk to them, are just as smart, if not smarter than people who have degrees from classrooms. And there there is no... Take, you cannot take away from the virtual environment. Now, of course, you got the onesies and twosies out there, Graham and Doc, that, that, you know, don't really care and just, you know, they'll take a test virtually and they'll cheat, <laughs> but that's not the point. The point of virtual learning is, I think it's here to stay. I think it's going to get bigger. Um, my daughter is proof that it works. Uh, She's excelling. She's learning stuff. I mean, we actually have conversations. I know it's strange for a 19-year-old female uh, daughter to have conversations with a 50-year-old dad, but we actually have conversations about what she learned. She's actually excited to go over what she learned today. So I I think virtual is the way forward, Graham. Good.
2: Well, I think it's the reality, Peter, and and I think the reassuring thing is that we collectively are getting better at this. We have to, and we have. It was yep, a yep. forced situation, but I think we've responded collectively as, as a group of professionals to the challenge and we're making it, it work. Peter, yep. thank you so much indeed for your perspective. Thank you for, for offering the, those two perspectives, in facts. And Doc, it's over to you.
0: Thanks, folks. You've been listening to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, a weekly podcast for cutting-edge learning design.